0: let's do it let's, let's do it. it broadcasting from around the world you're listening to the first 100 a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers here's your host Hadi Rodwan.
1: good to have you on the show Farzad how are you doing today
0: thank you very well thank you so much for having me Hadi amazing
1: amazing Tell us a little bit about Respona and your company. What is it about? What share with us your early founding aha moment?
0: Sure. So Respona, for folks who haven't heard of us, it's a platform that helps other businesses build authoritative backlinks and earn media mentions to help increase our own organic traffic from Google. And the backstory is quite extensive. In a nutshell, I joined a company called Visme, which is another startup. Have you heard of Visme before, Adi? No. Never heard of Visme? No. All right. No hard feelings. <laughs> Have you heard of tools like Canva, maybe, or Prezi, one of these design tools? Yeah. Yes, gotcha.
1: absolutely. Prezi was, was one of the oldest who started yeah. in that space.
0: Yeah, yeah. Canva. We actually started around the same time, Visme, back in 2013. We're not a household name by any means. We're a completely bootstrap company, and I joined as the first marketing hire. And now... Just to paint you a picture, Visman's got over 17 million active users, and we're getting close to about three and a half million monthly organic traffic, and over 100 team members. Still bootstrapped, still profitable, and most people haven't heard of us because we're not a household name. (laughs) So the way that came to be was sort of kind of, when I joined the company, we were quite uh, cash-strapped as a, as a bootstrap startup. I you know, Canva had raised like over $100 million at the time. And we knew that we couldn't compete on the paid ad side of things, because as you have experienced in the insurance industry, ads are getting extremely expensive. And it, also there is some diminishing ROI, meaning like even if an ad does work and you double the conversion or double the budget, it doesn't double the conversion. So the CAC normally catches up with the LTV very quickly. So... What we ended up with, we were like, okay, well, we also sell a product that's $15 a month at the time. So it wasn't something that would worth hiring like sales staff and door to door and start selling, right? It just doesn't make economic sense. So we we're like, okay, uh, we put ourselves in the shoes of a customer. So let's say, how do you want to create a, like an infographic for this episode that we were recording? What's well, the first thing you do when you go in to find a solution? I do research on Google.
1: That's the first exactly. thing. That's, yeah,
0: <laughs> so that's what everybody does. So we, we knew our customers, the buyer journey, right? So we know the first stop where, where they would try to look for solutions to go Google it. Like, okay, instead of us becoming a household name, which is an extremely expensive play, we have to go raise a bunch of money or chasing after every customer. <laughs> Let's show up in places where people who are looking for a product or solution like ours would come and organic to find us. And so that, basically led us to start investing a lot on our search engine optimization. So we started building a bunch of these landing pages, wrote a bunch of blog posts, right? That's what everyone does when they're trying to do SEO, right? So, and
1: guess what happened? Your new company was born.
0: (laughs) I wish it was that simple. (laughs) Unfortunately, at the beginning, it was all crickets. It was absolutely zero. Like nobody finding us or none of our articles ranked for any of the keywords that we had found and spent all this resources writing. And it was kind of embarrassing, to be honest. (laughs) It's kind of disappointing too, because they're like, okay, this this is not a good look for the first marketing hire to come and invest all this money and get no results. So what we found very shortly after was that the way these Google and the search engines work is based on a Mean Girls popularity contest. So, because it's very easy for marketers just to just stuff keywords on a page, it's very, search engines don't just rely on on page metrics to try to decide if you want to get ranking. So, when especially for some of the competitive terms, like for presentation software, it's like a billion search results that we we're competing against. Google relies on popularity and authoritativeness to decide if they want to show certain websites versus not. So like, okay, how do, how do we become more popular? How do we become more authoritative, right? It's easier said than done. And so that basically ended up leading us to that whole process of link building and understanding, okay, we need to start collaborating with other brands and other authoritative resources in our space and work with them to mention us. And that it sends a signal to the sergeant and say, hey, these guys must be a popular resource because now another popular source in their Spaces linking to them. And that whole process done manually is very quite extensive. And so we built it under one roof, worked ridiculously well, and we decided to release it as a standalone product. So that's kind of the backstory behind how Responda came to you as a separate product.
1: So basically, your platform manages the backlinks, it does not create, correct?
0: So When it comes to link building, it just means collaborating with other brands, getting media mentions. So what Responda helps you to do is to first find, identify, okay, there's a gazillion different strategies on how you can earn these media mentions. Uh, First, what type of publications you want to get links from and what type of publications you want to collaborate with. And then also helps you with writing the pitch and, okay, how do we do that, right? You can't just reach out to people and say, hey, give me a backlink. That's just not going to happen. So there is a variety of different ways on how you can add value and start with the collaboration, get your foot in the door, and that requires you to find the right person, gets the right person's contact info, so it's all handled automatically in the back end. and also that actual outreach. And so now reaching out to them, collaborate with them and all that stuff. So from A to Z, from prospecting, finding the right person, getting the contacts and outreach is all managed within one roof.
1: Amazing. So you're practically a SaaS company, right? How do mm-hmm. you find your early customers? What was your early acquisition strategy? If you could share that with us, if you sure. had any scalable ones and if you mm-hmm. had some things that were not scalable, you did it early on and then you... Promoted them to become more scalable.
0: Sure. So, one benefit of having a second SaaS company is that you have an uh, existing customer base that you can reach out to. Problem was, none of the Visme guys were ever relevant to respond a guys. So, because that target audience of ours was SaaS companies, that other SaaS companies that were trying to do content marketing and SEO, and also other marketing agencies. And that is a very tiny portion of Visme's customer base. So, was not something that we could rely on to get any the customers. So what I did while we were building the first beta version of Respana was to write a little ebook on how we grew Visme's traffic to three and a half million. Because as a bootstrap company that didn't have multi million dollar budgets, that was a huge accomplishment because our traffic is worth about spending one and a half million dollars a month to AdWords that we're getting for free quote unquote. So getting to that level of traffic it's an, it's worth a million and a half every month each month. It was something that I thought people would be interested in learning how we did that. So <laughs> so I ended up writing an ebook. It was initially supposed to be like a tiny little document, but I tend to blabber. So it ended up being 160 pages. <laughs> but on the bright side, we didn't just outsource this to some random agency. We I, I sat down and wrote the whole thing by myself and Obviously editors because my grammar is horrible. But but it's basically like a blueprint step by step instructions to how exactly we replicate that. And then what we did, we we're like, okay, if you just send this to VisMe, we did small percentage, like a thousand people downloaded it or something, which is not bad, but it wasn't just the right ICP for Responda. So we were like, okay, let's try to partner with another company that has a similar audience and uh, that is closer to Responder's audience. And see if they'd be interested in promoting this ebook. So it's lead gen for them and for us and free advertising. So basically we ended up working with the AppSumo team and launched the early access version of the ebook. Again, not the product, the ebook, because response product is not something that's possible to do LTDs for. So it was only the educational. Search. And that ended up bringing us about 10,000 downloads on the first week or first two weeks that we went live on AppSumo. So within a few weeks after that little ebook went live, we got around a list of like 10, 12,000 people uh, that had downloaded the ebook. And so they knew about me, the processes within res- uh, no, the whole content game and also giving us their content info. So then when that beta version was ready to roll, uh, that we got an existing list of customers that I could email and say, Hey, you know, you downloaded that ebook. Here's our software to go with it, come try it out. And that definitely brought us the first batch of customer base that, that we started with.
1: That's a great strategy. If you were to recommend for someone else AppSumo as as a first strategy, what should be the ingredients necessary for a successful campaign with them? Is there anything that right. takeaways that you have gotten from your campaign that you could share with us?
0: To be honest with you, I didn't run a traditional AppSumo campaign because AppSumo campaign, what people think of it is, okay, you have a software product, you issue an LTD or a lifetime deal and you go to them and then they send you 2000, 3000 people who purchase like a $50 license and then they take 60, 70% of it. And then you end up with like some few thousand dollars and 2000 customers. That's a great starting point that you can start with. We didn't go that route. So that process is entirely different from the partnership that we had with them. We're like, hey, we got a lead gen source for you guys. It's a ebook that I wrote, handwritten myself, and it's, it's valuable. And if you guys want to use this for your own ads to generate leads, uh, you can use it. And then we collaborate that way. And so they ended up agreeing to that. So it's a very untraditional way of working with them. Uh, I don't think even they do that anymore, but it, just the strategy is not necessarily AppSumo. It's just finding another partner company with a similar target audience they could potentially work with. So I can't really add on to the whole Absumo campaign running thing because it's not something I've done myself. So I can't add on to that. Our product, though, on the responder side, since there are some data costs involved, like you go in there, you use it, we have to pay our data providers every time you use it. So it's not something that's possible, feasible to offer any sort of lifetime deal. You got to pay us every month if you want to stay in business, right? So that's why it is something that we're never going to do. But it doesn't mean it's not the right strategy for other software companies. If you have a zero margin SaaS, like zero marginal cost SaaS, it doesn't cost you anything to have a million customers versus one customer, then yeah, go do AppC mode. You get some early adopters, they give you some feedback. You got to have to watch support, <laughs> but if you're cool with it, then yeah, absolutely. But it wasn't really the right strategy for the type of product that Responda was. So yeah, hopefully that sheds some light on it.
1: Knowing what you know today, what acquisition strategy would you have avoided early on? You wouldn't have invested. Probably your money in. Mm hmm.
0: Paid ads, 100%. We did experiment with paid ads at the beginning. We're like, okay, well, SEO is going to take a while to kick in, right? But in the meantime, let's go mess some ad money into, pour some ad money into AdWords and Facebook. And it just generated so little results. And we wasted thousands of dollars that we could have used for development and other, you know, put put into other things. Our SEO, (laughs) which is now getting 100,000 every month. 100K visitors to our website every month. So we're not entirely relying on organic traffic. But again, that takes a while. It's not something you just plug and play. But paid advertising, I'm a big per. I would say. I don't want to say I oppose using paid ads as a channel. It's definitely something we're probably going to experiment with again down the line. Some formats have their merits, right? Like retargeting ads is good on the display side or on Facebook side. and I just don't feel like it's the right choice for most small companies. You either go out there door to door, start selling, right? If you have a product that is relatively expensive, and if it's lower tier, uh, you want to rely on other channels uh, before you start giving your money to Mark
1: Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn early on from your first paying 100 customer?
0: We made a lot of mistakes along the way. So one of the first things we got wrong was our messaging. We always knew that Responder was a was a link building platform for SaaS companies mainly and marketing agencies that knew what they were doing. By the time we were like, our message was all all over the place. We're like, we're we're like an outreach tool and now you can also contact influencers and then we have some contact database. And like, it was just sort of all over the place. So it kind of gathered around like customers, but like they weren't necessarily the right customers. Like I would say out of the 150 of them, weren't our ICP. So they eventually chiseled out and churned because it's just not what our product was built for. So we're sort of afraid uh, of sticking with a niche at the beginning because we didn't know how big it was, right? We didn't know how many companies would actually want to do this, right? And in hindsight, it was a big mistake because then we created a lot of distractions for ourselves, both in life, in terms of support, in terms of Roadmap and the product side, right? So we added a, like, an influencer database. It was a big mistake. We shouldn't have done that because we're at that core, we're supposed to link building platforms. It's just built for collaborating with other blogs and publications in your space. And that average process is entirely different from like other, like sales average, for example, which you start from an ICP and work your way back, or influencer marketing, which you're trying to recruit TikTok influencers or like Instagram models, right? So it's just, it's just a different type of outreach of type of marketing and kind of having that messaging messed up created distractions internally and also created or attracted, I wouldn't even say bad customers, but customers that weren't the right fit. So that's definitely
1: one thing. That's very helpful. Thank you for sharing this. Mm-hmm. If you had today $20,000 of monthly marketing budget, where would you mm-hmm. invest it?
0: 100% are SEO. That's what's paying the bills. Not on the response side, on the, also on the business side, and also all the SaaS companies that I know and heard of that are doing very well. Over 80, 90% of the revenue comes from that. Big distinction, though, it is not the right channel for every so, sort of SaaS company. So if you're selling a product that is a lifestyle product, right? So you sell T-shirts. Like, SEO is a horrible channel for you. Don't waste your money or time. Right? <laughs> Go hire some TikTok influencers trying to go viral on Instagram. I don't know what, whatever the heck people do nowadays. If you sell an enterprise grade product, that's extremely expensive. Like for example, you sell SAP or that sort of caliber software tools, platforms, or even if you're an agency, just starting out, trying to do work for other people, that's the type of work that you want to sell door to door. You don't need a whole lot of them. You just need 10 customers, not a hundred <laughs> And to gain some initial traction and, and you can attract that by knocking on doors and failing until you succeed. And it only works well when you have a product that is somewhat affordable, but there is some demand where people are actively aware of the problem and they're searching for it. And that's where you can really go out uh, go big, but it does take time. Does you need to know what you're doing and it's not the right channel for anyone, but to answer your question, I'll put the entirety of that 20 K into basically growing our content team, so both in terms of writers, editors, SEO managers, etc.
1: Amazing. And if you were to do it, what would be the framework or the tactics you would start with? Because it's a long tail mm-hmm. tactic, right? The SEO does not show the next day. So what would you do day one? What would you do day 60? And then what would you do day yep. 180, for
0: example? That's a great question. So I'm going to just break it down into very simple, just to kind of paint you a picture. So SEO is sort of broken down into this puzzle, broken down into like normally three branches. One is our your on-page SEO. So basically what people think of SEO is just one third of it, which is on-page, where you think of, okay, what are the keywords that we want to target? What's the, What are our audience searching for? Let's go create blog posts, landing pages, tool pages, whatever, templates, or catering to that search intent So create content creation That's normally that's on-page. And then you on the other side, you have technical SEO, which is basically, hey, make sure your side loads fast and it's responsive to mobile and make sure people have a good experience, right? <laughs> Images are compressed. We have meta descriptions, titles for these. So it's the nerdy things, to us. And then you on the other side, you have this very neglected side that's a competitive advantage for a lot of companies that are successful with it, right? And that's what's the difference because... The on-page side and the technical side are stuff that's under our control. You, anybody can go, go open a Google Docs or writing content, bam, we go to blog post. It's an inherent sense of uncertainty that comes with off-page SEO that stops people from doing it. It's that they don't want to deal with it. They're like... I don't want to reach out to some other random people and ask him to collaborate with me. That's awkward, right? Hence why it works. So <laughs> off reach SEO is sort of basically gaining these mentions and backlinks. Okay, sending these signals to search engine is that hey, we're not just sitting in our grandmother's basement writing content, right? We're actually a legitimate company with legitimate products and people are talking about us and we're popular, I promise. So you have to also um equivalent to the importance of each site. So we spend around 20% of our resources on the first two, so on-page and technical, so hiring writers, creating content, doing keyword research. And then the other 80% of our resources goes into off-page site. Actually, now, okay, we treat each page on our website like a project, like, how do we get backlinks to this? So that's what's really moving the needle. Now, most companies that do content do this in reverse, right? So. <laughs> They invest a lot of time like writing this content, just pumping content out and how it really sticks. So that's sort of the distinction there.
1: How would you find the backlinks and mention? Is it uh, more of a cold outreach? Is it uh, being on podcasts? What has served you well?
0: There's a gazillion different strategies. We have an ungated free hub of strategies that I refer people to normally. So if you go to the Respond Average Hub, Average uh, Strategy Hub, and it's on the footer of our website, it's on Get It. You can go find different strategies that we offer, like step-by-step instructions to with templates. You don't even need our software to do them, right? You can do it manually yourself. It takes a longer, but again, if you don't have resources just starting out, don't pay software companies like us from day one, right? Try to do it yourself. And once it starts working and you're like, okay, this is great, let me try to scale it, then Tools like Responda become very helpful because then it just saving becomes a no brainer at that point. But a few strategies, one of the things I'm doing right now is the link the link strategy. I'm on your podcast, right? <laughs> so I'll come help you create this episode together. I share some insights that I, that I feel comfortable talking about. And again, I put this on the little landing page, right? And guess what? You're going to have to mention Responda and link back to our website. Bam. <laughs> Nobody spammed no one. Everybody is happy with the results. And and we got a link to our website. And we're like, okay, Hadi's mentioning Respona and then sends a signal to the search engines. And there we go. And that's not to say that's the only reason why I'm here, by the way, Hadi. I don't mean to offend you in any way. I'm here because there's a myriad of benefits. One, meeting smart entrepreneurs like yourself. That's number one. Two is free advertising to a niche audience, right? So people are listening or you know, getting value. And also, at the same time, getting this mentions as a backlink. So it's just a side effect of it all. Uh, And and that's just one out of a million different ones. And we can spend a full day just talking about different strategies. But again, it's important to have one and not just start spamming all the websites in your space, trying to get a link from them, because it just doesn't work.
1: Excellent strategy and very tactic-oriented advice that you just shared with our audience. What principles have served you well during your Entrepreneurial journey.
0: I'm not sure whether it's a principle or not, but just becoming comfortable with uncertainty has been one of the most challenging things, that I'm sure you've experienced. Because when you when you are in a startup, things are changing all the time. There's a, there's a sense of chaos everywhere, and there's some sort of crisis happening. At, and only other entrepreneurs understand this. That's like every day you wake up, there is some sort of crisis. I mean. It sometimes is big scale or sometimes it's a small crisis, but there is going to be a crisis (laughs) during the day. So things are very uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's entering the market, who's exiting the market. You don't know how the market reacts, right? Sometimes there is a recession. Sometimes there's so many stuff that's out of your control that makes the situation very uncertain. It's not like you show up every day, do your best work, not necessarily going to succeed. So uh, just being comfortable with that, that, hey, sometimes you do nothing and you just blow out of the water and that this is part of it. And sometimes you do your best and things don't work out. Is a big part of it that uh, I think just getting comfortable with that uh, feeling uh, has been very helpful, kind of keeping my sanity and sticking with things and not give up.
1: Thank you for sharing this, uh, Farzad. One last question. What's next for Respona?
0: We are a very product-oriented company. Like almost everything we do revolves around our product. And we're not a sales organization. We're not a marketing-driven organization. We're, we're very product-focused. And all of the exciting things that we're working on that I'm proud to talk about is stuff that we're doing to the products. <laughs> Probably wouldn't make sense to talk about it on this podcast. But we are one of the biggest problems that we've had with people who come onto our platform is education. Because we give you these superpowers that, hey, you can find any website in the world and you can find the right person. You can reach out to them, and tell them whatever you want. And people are like, okay, that's great. And then what do I do exactly? <laughs> right? So having that education now works well with some people who have some sort of experience and have done this before. And you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. It uh, saves them a ton of time. But some of the newbies, right? People who don't have as much experience, which is the majority of people that are starting out. One of the things that we're working on is giving you like this boilerplate templates for the strategies. Now saying, okay, hey, you want to go on podcast is great. Just click on this podcast strategy. Just answer a few questions and then it will automatically go set up the campaign, meaning it will do the prospecting for you. It will write the template for you. It will do all that. And you just press the button, verify a loss. So just, it just takes care of the entire process, of just answering two to three questions. So that's something that we're releasing early next year and I'm very excited about because I think it's definitely going to make the product, like the value prop a lot, communicated a lot quicker and it makes the product a lot more sticky because then now you can't live without this after going through this now, versus now you need to have some pre-notion of an idea of what you want to do before you're going to start a campaign.
1: Farzad, thank you for being part of our show. That was an amazing episode. How can people reach you?
0: Hi, my name is just like yourself? As far as of Rashidi, there's not a whole lot of us out there. I have a four names, <laughs> very easy to spot on LinkedIn. Definitely go ahead and stop by
1: and say hi. I love to connect with folks. Amazing. Good luck with your venture and talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the first 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers.